Thank you, Owen. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this meeting of the Traffic Safety Committee. Uh, I just have a few notes to read really quick. Um, this open meeting of the Traffic Safety Committee is being conducted remotely pursuant to Chapter 2 of the Acts of 2023, an act relative to extending certain COVID-19 measures adopted during the state of emergency, signed into law on March 29, 2023. All members of the Traffic Safety Committee are allowed and encouraged to participate remotely. The Act allows the Traffic Safety Committee to meet entirely remotely so long as reasonable public access is afforded so that the public can follow along with the deliberations of the meeting. The public is encouraged to follow along using the posted agenda unless the Chair notes otherwise. Members of the public who wish to view the live stream of this meeting may do so by going to Northboro Remote Meetings on YouTube via the link listed in the agenda. Ensuring public access does not ensure public participation unless such participation is required by law. This meeting will feature public comment. Members, when I call your name, please respond in the affirmative. Uh, Rachel Armstrong? Here. Kate Gerard? Here. Brian Cole? Here. Chris DeSantis? Here. Staff, when I call your name, please respond in the affirmative. Uh, DPW Chief uh, Scott Charpentier? Present. Police Chief Bill Liver. Present. Uh, we'll go into the public comment um, section afterwards. So um, the first item on the agenda is the uh, approval of the November 15th minutes. Um, did everyone have a chance to look those minutes over? Yeah. Any questions, any amendments that anyone would like to make or any changes? Okay, if not, I'll, uh, I'll uh, is there a motion to approve the minutes? I'll make a motion to approve the minutes uh, from the previous Traffic and Safety Committee. Second. Okay, uh, motions made and seconded. Um, roll call vote, Rachel? Aye. Kate? Aye. Chris? Aye. Uh, Brian? Aye. And I'm an aye. So that passes unanimously. Um, so now we have um, the um, citizen inquiries that either we were talking previously. I guess we'll go to through the continued discussions first. Um, I had one question, Scott, really quick um, before we go ahead on this. So um, heavy commercial vehicle exclusions. I know we've got a few of these on here. Um, I've noticed that, you know, in the previous meetings, we were talking about two and a half ton, but I noticed the one on Whitney Street is five ton. Are there different requirements for each or are they just the same thing and it's just what the town decides on each area? The lower Whitney Street uh, truck exclusion of five tons is identified in the uh, town bylaw. Um, and that was enacted, I believe, before the standard two and a half ton that DOT um, authorizes now. On Upper Whitney Street or by Coolidge, there's a six ton limit, and that's specific to the structural integrity of the bridge that goes over the CSX Railroad. Right, okay. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Um, we can note in the minutes that Megan has joined us. Welcome, Megan. Nope, you're still on mute. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's okay. 
So um, I guess we'll go through these one at a time. So um, the uh, Summer Street heavy commercial vehicle exclusion. Is there any update on that, Scott? No, um, we discussed this at our last meeting, as we're all aware. Um, the turning radii does fit for a um, tractor trailer, WV-53, taking a right-hand turn from um, South Street heading uh, eastbound on Route 20 without impeding on the um, westbound traffic on Route 20. So that it does fit without pop popping the curb. Um, so there is there are no uh, geometric restrictions to the truck exclusion. Uh, meets all the criteria. The report's been distributed. The process, the next step would be for this committee to um, vote and recommend that the uh, select board consider supporting a heavy commercial vehicle exclusion. Uh, they do that. We then submit the documentation to Mass DOT for consideration. Mass DOT reviews it, determines that it is or is not in conformance with their regulations. They send us a letter back. We then go before the select board again, and then they um, enact the heavy commercial vehicle exclusion and signs can be erected. And then um, Chief Liver can start his enforcement. Okay. The the agenda says Summer Street, not South Street. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Summer Street. Yes, I'm sorry. Summer Street. Okay. That's um, the full length from um, from South to uh, to Maine, 135 to 20. Okay. So that that turn is is doable with By the, the skinny trailer. Team, yes. <clears throat> okay. Yep. That's how it always goes. But yep. auto turn makes all, it just about right. <laughs> yeah, that's all they need. Yep. Yep. And. Um, but that's if they take over that left lane, correct? That, that's correct. They have to take over the center lane. So, the um, yeah, the, so the traffic configure the, the the left lane. So there's two left turn lanes. The tractor trailer would have to go over and take left left turn lane in order to make the make the tur turn, and it's and it's tight. I would not be surprised to see a tractor trailer trying to make that turn. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, Chief, fail in that there's a car queued on Main Street looking to take a left onto South Street. If there's a car queued there and that tractor trailer driver isn't spot on in his movement, he's going to get stuck there until that car moves. And that car's not moving until the light changes. Um, so there, while the while the math says it's viable, the reality may be pretty bad repercussions when it comes to traffic queuing there when a tractor trail is jammed up for a few light cycles. So, and what would be the option if the exclusion were passed? Well, if, 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 if the exclusion is, is, is enacted, that's the, that's the direction the traffic, the trucks will go in order for a truck on, on route 135 South street going North. If they want to go East on 20, they have to go to the light. They have to take a right, no right turn on red, so they have to wait till it's green. They'll have to take both lanes. If he's, if he's a, a competent driver, he'll see that he has to take both turn lanes in order to negotiate that turn. If he doesn't, he'll probably sit there until the adjacent lane queue clears and then hopefully swing around enough to not be facing the, the vehicle on Main Street taking a left on the south. Oh, I see. So that's that's where I was confused. So what we're saying is they're not allowed to take Summer Street. So that would force them onto South Street. 
Yes, I would force them to take that that yeah. right turn from south, and that's you know the first meeting we had. And even before this, I when I spoke to the the um, the resident who requested this and the consultant, I said make make sure you take a look at this particularly closely because that is a really tough move. Right. One of the other issues to consider, Mr. Chair, would be uh, the the tractor trailer unit taking the left lane, and right. uh, you know, and the motorist is not paying attention, passing them on the right to take the same right, and if they that'll jam them up, that truck won't be able to turn either. But yeah, or or even just somebody in that you know on on Route 20 who just goes over that line just by a little bit, right, making that left hand turn onto South Street is going to block that truck, and then neither one of them are going anywhere. Once that once that queue at that left turn onto south from Maine backs up, it's a very short queue lane, uh, queuing aisle. So that can get back into the through movement on Main Street heading westbound. So it, it as we all know, it doesn't take a lot to cause a lot of havoc when it comes to a relatively complicated and tight configured intersection like this. Right. One thing too, Scott, I was just looking at. Both of these being arterials, technically by design standards, they're not supposed to overtrack in any lane. It's right. supposed to stay in its own lane and make its turn into its own lane. So, just something to consider when it uh, to keep in mind for all of us when this does go to DOT that 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 does run the chance of getting flagged. Right, being in a left hand only lane, making a right hand turn. Yeah. What other yeah, so what Chris think? is referring to is there's different roadway classifications, you know, local, collector, arterial. Um, those are in order from low to high priorities. And um, the Chris is Chris is correct in the in the 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 movements. Okay. Can I ask, Brian. A, yep. can I ask a simplistic question? I if it does get flagged, what is the town gonna do about that? Like that's not <laughs> that intersection is tight no matter whether we do this this uh exclusion or not we can well they, building. yeah the, the exclusion though is and this is where i was confused too so the exclusion is actually summer street so if you're coming up 135 yeah, you right. have the option of making that right hand turn Right. onto summer street and then following summer street down what the right. what, what the request is is to not allow <laughs> trucks to do that therefore forcing them to go on to 135 and 20. Right. right if it gets flagged that means we're not getting the exclusion correct okay that's the only okay it's still going to be crappy for whatever poor unfortunate tractor trailer finds himself at that intersection and everybody around them Right. Well, yes. Also, the other people, but the hope is that they would not go that way if right. DOT flags it. So, Thanks. go ahead, Rachel. Um, so, I have a couple of questions. I it looks like from the back of the report, most of the trucks were less than five axles. Is that right, Scott? Uh, I'd have to look at the data, but um, if that's what it says, I, I, I believe you're accurate. Um, so I my, guess is, is is the turning radius different for a truck that's less than five axles versus like a major tractor trailer? Um, a WB30 is a pretty long, pretty wide turning radius. That's like a really big box truck. 
Um, you know, when I was when I do my turning templates, I generally do a, a, a WB30 and then uh, the WB53s. The 30s are non-articulated. It's just a gigantic U-Haul, basically. Um, where tractor trailers, okay. obviously, we know what we're talking about there. Those turning rate AI are not far off from each other, believe it or not. Um, you're more likely to have a less experienced driver in a in a WB30 than you are in a tractor trailer. Or at least that used to be the case. I, I I've seen tractor trailers do some very questionable things lately, so um, turning around where they shouldn't. But no, um, I, I I would suspect that a WB thirty would have would have a very similar difficulty in negotiating that turn, as would um, you know a long dual axle landscape trailer, you know twenty foot landscape twenty two foot landscape trailer with a you know long pickup truck that would they would have a difficult time negotiating that turn as well. Okay, um, my other it's not a question; it's just sort of rhetorical. Um, we're getting obviously a lot of truck exclusion requests. We're looking at Lincoln Street for the future. And then there's another one on here. My concern is that, and I don't think, you know me, I don't believe that tractor trailer trucks belong on residential roads. My concern is, is that if we don't have a comprehensive strategy for these truck exclusions, then to Kate's point at the last meeting, we're going to have an even more congested downtown that 135 and 20 and Church Street and Bartlett Street and all the and the you know that all these other streets are going to become even more inundated as we start potentially approving these sort of in a vacuum. So that's my only concern. I don't think Summer Street is appropriate for trucks, but you know, they keep coming up and, and that's my concern is what's going to be the impact on other roads in town. Um, that's it. Yep. Any other members? How does everyone feel about this one? I'm sort of, I mean, Rachel, I'm with you, right? I always have been that, you know, I, I think residential roads aren't somewhere where trucks should be. But, um, you know, in this case, I'm not sure that the alternative is is better. In, in fact, I think it might be worse. No, right? I agree. I, I, I don't yeah. think trucks belong on Summer Street. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that, at some point, I feel like there's a larger discussion we need to have. Um, right. Oh, and then, and then Scott, I did have another question and, and maybe Bill, this comes later in the discussion, but as we're looking at traffic studies, I know the CMRPC allows a certain amount per year. Uh, and as we get, continue to get requests, how many do they allow and how um, long are they valid? They'll generally give us two a year. We try to request okay. them early. So, you know, for stuff for the holidays, I'll email in for something, you know, late spring. And then after I get those counts, we'll say, hey, by the way, if something op opens up in the fall, can you give me counts here? Um, they, they just put out some counts for us last minute over the fire station, um, from the new fire station location over by Dunkin' Donuts. You may have seen the tubes when you're driving by. Right. Does that um, count towards our two a year? Yeah. Yeah, but they'll, okay. you know, they're, they're pretty accommodating. If they're not being used, I mean, those were right at the end of the year. We happen to have a week of warm weather. 
so they were able to put them out. They normally would not. Um, all you need is you know a, a, a slushy sleep, and all of a sudden they're they're ripped out of the ground and ruined. And then right. I own them. Right. Um, Scott, what do we do with the ones that we get through the planning board? So you know there, there are traffic studies that are done for like a construction project, right? And so it's done by the third party, by the company. Do we keep those as well? I don't get, get copies of those. Um, I would if it shows that there is a substantive um, increase in traffic, which may trigger a warrant for, you know, a turning lane or a traffic light or um, something to that effect. So, for example, the um, East Main Street, Barlow Street corner, the, the old um, barbecue, the Texas mm -hmm. barbecue. Um, I wasn't provided any, any of the traffic data on that. There were no uh, measurable impacts to East Main Street in the report. Um, and then Mass DOT manage, runs uh, Route 20. So very rarely do I see those unless there is a substantial level of surface uh, level of service increase. I'm wondering if we should start keeping all of those and keeping track of them, right, in one centralized location. That way, if we want to review anything, because I know um, I do remember, I want to say it was just over a year ago, it was just after I started on the planning board that there was one about uh, barefoot and right at that corner at the top of the hill by iron mountain um there was a, a the rico company uh, the owners of that building were doing a, a project and so they had done a study and we had some questions about coming around that corner um you know because what they stated was the um the original um the speed limit is 35 but people generally do around 40 coming around that corner and at 40 there wasn't enough sight distance to be able for a truck to be able to pull out. Uh, but at 35, there is. So it came up as a question in the planning board and they, and they actually went back and, and revised this, the traffic study. Um, but I'm thinking, you know, hanging on to, to you know, that type of information um, yeah. in one, in one location that way, if we, you know, if something comes up about barefoot we don't have to go back and do another traffic study if there's one that was done within you know the last couple of years we can do that how we long can... are they oh, i'm sorry no go ahead Rachel. how long are the, the traffic studies valid there isn't any defined period it depends on the development in the area i mean if, if it's a few years later they're generally okay um for example if if we had a traffic study at um 200 bartlett seven years ago and then three years later, Amazon gets built. That's not valid anymore. No Amazon five years later. It's probably about the same. Um, you know, there's, there's a bit of reasonableness associated with that. Um, certainly nothing is good after, you know, 10 years. That's that's way too long. But generally, you know, three to five years is probably viable as long as there's no major land use changes. But we can make, we can create an engineering folder and, you um, compile specifically the traffic studies that come to the planning board as well as the counts that we get um, through um, this committee as well as you know prior prior requests and we just put them in the street folder and if we need them great if we don't whatever they're just eating up a little bit of data doesn't doesn't harm anybody right Brian you turn your hand up there you good okay I was just gonna Always the way. I was just going to ask ask the same question that Rachel asked. Okay. So um, I think at this point, 
do we does everyone feel comfortable making a or does anyone feel comfortable making a motion to not recommend uh, the heavy commercial vehicle exclusion for summer street i will okay is there a second a second okay um all in favor i'll go who's on my screen here rachel so but this is in favor for a truck exclusion correct no this is no. to for no truck exclusion on summer street oh no okay um kate yes chris yes brian yes and i'm a yes so it's four to one I, I probably misunderstood the question, so I'll be a yes. <laughs> so we will not be recommending a truck exclusion. That we will not be recommending a truck exclusion for Summer Street. Okay. Correct. Um, okay. So the next one, um, and, and Rachel, by the way, if you vote no, it's fine. You don't have to, to go along with the rest of us, right? Um, no, I, I, I get that. No, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned. I'm totally fine with that. Yep. <laughs> Thank you, though. Um, so the next one is Rice Ave between Whitney Street and Allen Street. And I think, Scott, I'll let you talk to this one as well. Sure. So, um, you know, we discussed this, the... Um, Report's been distributed. Um, everybody's had a chance to look through it. We had some counts done on um, on Rice Ave between um, Whitney and Allen. It met the criteria for uh, percentages for a truck exclusion. Um, we had this, the, the engineering report prepared. Because of a lot of other restrictions in the area, for example, there's a truck exclusion on Whitney Street. There's a height restriction on Allen Street. Um, their their winter street enters a, a four-way intersection where left and right are both truck excluded and if we were to have an exclusion on rice have across the intersection then winter street should be excluded as well because any truck on winter street would be stuck at a four intersection with nowhere to turn um the little section of allen street between hudson and rice is recommended for an exclusion as well uh, as trucks are coming down Hudson Street, you know, from Solomon Pond side, they can't go into Hudson Street, uh, the aqueduct. They, if they, they can't take a right because they'll be stuck on rice and that'll loop them around either back onto Hudson or up to Whitney Street with a truck exclusion. So they would have, they should be turning right onto Allen. Um, when there's a truck exclusion on the second half of Rice Ave between Allen and Colburn, that renders Colburn uh, a likely truck exclusion because trucks have nowhere to go there either. Um, so there's recommendations in the report indicating more than just Rice Ave. It's Rice, the short section of Allen between Hudson and Rice and Winter Street. There's a possibility of including Colburn as well or having an advance warning sign about on Colburn indicating there's a truck exclusion forthcoming. So 
basically, I mean, if a truck is coming up Let from share some... my screen, would that help? Sure. Yeah. Let's see if I know how to do this here. Let me. Boom. I'll share my screen. I think that's it. Share. And all right. So the section we're talking about is here. We have counts that meet the threshold. We have counts in here that also meet the threshold. We had two sets of counts on rice here and here. They both meet the threshold for truck exclusion when it comes to the percentages. There's a current truck exclusion on the yellow road here. So if we exclude rice, and the truck's coming up winter, it's got nowhere to go. Can't take a left, can't take a right, can't go straight. And nobody wants to back a tractor trailer up, back up Winter Street. That would be very unpleasant. Um, so it's logical to include Winter Street in the, the exclusion as well. This little section analysis, so tractor trail is coming down Hudson Street. He sees the aqueduct bridge, can't go under it. We can't allow him to take a right because he's going to be stuck on a truck excluded road. Um, so this section would be a viable truck exclusion as well. The um, Colburn could either have an advanced warning sign here saying truck exclusion, uh, Rice Ave ahead, or could also be excluded at the discretion of either the select board or this committee or both. We've had advanced warning signs. For example, we have an advanced warning sign here at Howard and uh, in winter, just letting the truckers know if you go up Winter Street, you're going to run into a truck exclusion on Winter on, on Whitney. Um, so it's not unheard of to have advanced warning signs for truck exclusions. Yeah, my only concern would be that um, at that point, you know, on Colburn, if we put, you know, the advanced warning sign there and route the trucks that way, eventually the neighbors in that neighborhood are going to request a truck exclusion. But the trucks right. also have nowhere to go. Right. So if I'm well, trucker, they can go back out onto Barefoot. Which is a circle. <laughs> right. But, yeah, but, circle. but once they get back out there, then they can, you know, reroute. And figure it out. Because if they go down Barefoot this way toward Whitney, they can't take a left. And if they go right, they have to go to Newton because otherwise they're running into a weight restriction on the bridge. Right. So Not that, that I, I will tell you that's where I live is right over there. And I see trucks go by my house every day. And yep. I've got a truck exclusion on one side and a weight limit on the other side. So I, I know that they ignore at least the weight limit. Um, but at least they have the option at that point to go back out to, to Barefoot, right? Mm -hmm. And then they can take 290 over to Church Street yep. and come down Church Street, right? Right. Um, my concern would be is that, you know, that's a pretty narrow, Coburn is a pretty narrow road there as well. Yeah. Especially pretty steep slopes on one side. Right, especially once it gets up close to rice. So, um, but I guess if if a truck gets down to that point, we've got to give them some type of out. Right, it's either that or they go up to, is that Allen Street that crosses Route Twenty there just before the aqueduct? Yes, yeah. And comes across, and then that would be their other out. Yeah, the typical route is down Hudson, Allen, East Main to Twenty in one direction, to Twenty in the other direction. Right. That's where experienced drivers currently go. Uh, Rachel. 
You're on mute, Rachel. I had, because as Scott knows, I'm familiar with truck exclusions, and he had given us this little chart about. Um, it's <laughs> um, oh, yeah. so, so when I was looking in the back, it did look like what um, you had said at the last meeting that it does seem like it's mainly landscape trucks or trucks with trailers. It doesn't look like they're getting a ton of tractor trailer traffic. Is that correct? I would, I, I believe that to be the case. Yes. Okay. The, I mean, for, it, for it Rice Ave like as that. well as, you know, for Rice Ave, yes. Um, so that was, you know, I just wanted to confirm that. And then I guess my other question is since, you know, we have the height limit on Allen Street on the um, bridge, the aqueduct bridge, and then the weight limit, these don't show up on a truck's route GPS. Like, if, if, if a, does a truck driver have a separate GPS for, you know, truck routes and those things don't show up? I'm assuming since, you know, the trucks are always going under that bridge or they're driving on the weight limit bridge that they don't, but is there, Anyway, it's it again another rhetorical question, but I wouldn't. I don't know why those aren't on a truck driver's GPS when they're looking at routes. Truck exclusions um, generally are included on um, the the GPS uh, devices that or, or uh, services that truck drivers um, apply to uh, use. I know uh, we've spoken with a couple trucking companies, and they do um, have them updated. I don't know how often they're updated, um, but Weight regulatory restrictions are included in the truckers' um, G GPS tra routing. So a weight limit would that be a regulatory restriction? Yes, yes. Yeah. I don't know about overhead clearances. If I had to guess, and I guess based on my knowledge of Allen Street and 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 Westboro, I'd say no. Right, right. I think they just what? have to make sure that they like have made sure that they're including that in their um you know in whatever their their settings are sometimes they don't so okay yeah, yeah and and i'll say you know i used to work for a company that does a lot of local trucking and um you know there are companies that you know will provide that information um but if you're, you know, a, a mom and pop shop with maybe one or two trucks, you're not going to pay for that. So those are the people that are using Google Maps still, right? And, and that's not going to show that. Thank you. That was it. Thank you. And just to, to remind everybody on the committee, um, local services are exempt from the exclusion. So if Rice, Allen, Winter, and Colburn would be um, supported as a truck exclusion. Landscapers and oil delivery trucks and furniture trucks can go on those roads as long as they have business along those routes. It's to prevent the cut-throughs. Any other members? Ryan? Yeah. Um... <clears throat> Sorry, Appendix C at the very end, all the pictures of the pencil on the road there, um, that's to demonstrate the wear and tear on, on Winter Street? I'm not sure I know what you're referring to, Brian. Hang on. Is, it, is, 
Is it another page of this? Yeah, it is uh, the last, what is that? Page um, looks like 18 onward. It's all the distresses. The, all the way uh, the cracking. Yeah. Oh, pavement distresses? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought it was just very artistic at first. I went to the back. Um, but that is to show that the the, stre the stress that the heavy commercial vehicles are putting on the road, on that specific road, right? It shows the condition um, that that road that road surface condition may may not be a result of truck weight. It may be simply deterioration, poor subsoil. There's a lot of reasons why that may have occurred. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you. Any other member comments? So what's everyone's feeling on this? I'm the, I'm of the ilk that, you know, I think we can recommend this one as presented, right? Including the Winter Street, including the Allen Street um, and the advanced sign on Coburn. Yeah, I think, I think that's probably, I think I'm in agreement there, Bill. Mm-hmm. To everyone else's thoughts. I'm just not sure if if the study included all of the landscaping and other trucks that aren't included in the exemption, what's this really going to be preventing? Um, the intent is to prevent cut through, right? So going from, I mean, the, most of them shouldn't be on Whitney anyways. Um, Right. But it's to prevent the, the cutting through, not necessarily if they're going to do business there, that's one thing. But if mm -hmm. they're just using the road to cut across um, or to get down from, you know, Howard Street quickly over to Hudson Street. Yeah, if you're if you're cutting the lawn on Howard and you got a client on Rice, you don't go down Winter. Go down Howard, hit Church, come up Whitney, hit Rice. Do it the way you're supposed to. You have local local business there. But and sorry, I, where you recommend, you know, with this, the numbers qualify this for the recommendation, but we don't know how much of that is is true cut through vehicles, or if this would have even qualified without, you know, if if we had kept track of what the local traffic is. Correct. Every every single truck counted could have been doing theoretically could be doing business on Rice Half, but they would still just be counted as trucks. I mean, one of the other things we can do is maybe in a year we do another trap. You know, this is where another traffic study is done, and we see if there's a difference between the two years of, you know, when it was implemented and when it's not. Well, uh, that to me. Yeah. Sorry, Brian. Uh, sorry. I was just going to say that to me is where. Rachel's point from earlier comes in handy. If we only get, you know, a couple of studies a year, <laughs> yeah, make sure that we're prioritizing the other potential exemptions first. Mm -hmm. I, I, right. I, would be, I would be hesitant to um, go through the mass DOT process for approval of a truck exclusion, post it, and then a year later do the counts and say, oh, yeah, it really wasn't worth it. We want to get rid of it. 
um, that probably doesn't lend us too positively in the eyes of District 3's traffic uh, engineers. Okay. Have there been complaints of, I guess, any Amazon 18 wheelers on these roads that you've you've seen or? All I've all I've gotten is there's all these landscape trucks and trailers and and right. you know yeah. uh, contractor trucks driving down here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's different then, because I can I can sit here at, at my desk, look out the window, and tell you how many Amazon trucks cut up at Allen Street, um, and it won't be fun. But mm. um, I guess that's a different story because again, those are people that are doing business and and need to use that. So it's kind of in my opinion, um, professionally, truck exclusions are uh, are intended for more thorough, uh, through fare routes that are clear cut throughs. Lincoln Street would be one of them. Everybody's GPS from 290 to get to 20 westbound goes Pleasant Lincoln. That's just, and when you look at a map, that's logical. And I mean, outside of that one sharp curve on Pleasant Street, it's not a complicated, it's not a difficult drive. I mean, tractor trails can negotiate Lincoln Street very easily, very comfortably. Albeit there's two, two schools on it and it's a cut through and it's probably, it's not the best route, um, safest route for trucks. That's kind of what this was intended for, as opposed to um, landscapers and, you know, just local contractors yeah. buzzing through neighborhoods. Yeah, it's, no, I, I definitely agree there. That makes sense. I thought they were getting the Amazon trucks and, and the FedEx 18 wheelers that are just going warehouse to warehouse. Yeah, I mean, coming down Rice Ave to Allen, you know, there's a, a bit of a curve in and in a hill to negotiate there, especially if you're going to try to then make that turn onto Allen. So I don't see semis trying to trying to do that as a as a quote easy way, right? And I don't see that as being any easier. Right. A tractor trail that ends up in that area is likely there inadvertently. Lost. And unhappy yeah. when they got there. <laughs> and they're not and if they already, you know, didn't abide by the first exclusion, they're probably not going to abide by a second one. <laughs> That's a good point, Bill. They're already on Whitney's to shame on them. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, you're probably they've already gone by two. Right. Yeah, and what's right. a third? Third time's a charm, right? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Most of the trucks that we've received complaints on a trailer track uh, tractor trailers on Rice Ave have been trucks that are coming up Church Street to go onto Whitney Street, but they see the truck exclusion, so they bypass Whitney Street. The GPS redirects them to take a turn onto Howard Street and then to turn onto Winter Street. And then when they get to Winter, uh, Winter, Winter, uh, Winter, Whitney, excuse me, <laughs> it's like railroad tracks, um, uh, they can't go left or right. The only option they have, and it's a very difficult turn to make, uh, is to go straight. So we get some stray reports and complaints of tractor trailers on on Rice Ave that the, where the only option they had was to go that way. So right, yeah. But if we so if we block Winter Street, their option is to go Howard to what Green? Green that that's not and back to Brewer Street and uh, no, it's not going to work. 
Yeah. Uh, you certainly don't want them getting redirected onto Brewer Street on the other side of 290. Right. Uh, they'll end up in going through Berlin and route to Route 62 somewhere. So. And, and, you know, the the counts we have met the criteria on, on both segments of rice. Counts on winter, mm -hmm. I do not believe would, um, just from my experience. And there's options, uh, you know, an option to consider would be the Whitney to Allen section of rice. So that those um, tractor trailers, I guess, you could have that and winter because that would cover that four-way intersection and prevents what uh, Chief Liver is talking about. So the exclusion would be Winter Street um, by by need, and then Rice Ave by count. But Rice Ave would be Winter to Allen to kind of simplify the configurations. I I don't know. Yeah, but again, you know, if they get onto Howard Street. They really don't have an option at that point. You know, I mean, I mean, if they were to try to turn on to winter, find the exclusion. If they were to hit like Washburn or something. Yeah, they'd um, end up on Washburn probably. Right. <laughs> it wouldn't be nice either. Um, welcome to North Pro. Um, yeah, this is, this is sort of a tough one, right? Kate, I, I see your point that, you know, if it's just the landscaping trucks, that's one thing. But, you know, it's Let's look at the counts yet, don't we? Yeah, they're at the bottom. Yeah. So. Looks like the majority is just dualies, right? Or, or yeah. So, what would two axle long be? Is that like like a box not, truck? I was going to say that that's even. Is that even a box truck? Okay. No. So that's probably more deliveries than anything else. Yeah, there might be Amazon trucks, the delivery trucks driving around. And the two axle um, six tire would be, you know, your small dump truck or your, you know, contractor truck that comes in, your carpenter's truck or something like that. What about a trash truck? Trash trucks, yep. That'd be trash trucks. But they're exempt, obviously, but that would be, that would be counted in there. So five axles and greater, there's, there's, there's nothing. Yeah. I think it's, I think this one kind of falls into the same boat as uh, Summer on Summer Street. Okay. Um, so I'll put it out as is. Do we have a motion to? not recommend a heavy commercial vehicle exclusion um, for the aforementioned um, Rice Ave, Allen Street, uh, but between Whitney and Allen Street. I'll make that motion to uh, forego that recommendation. 
Okay, is there a second? Second. second. Okay, um, all in favor, uh, Rachel? Aye. Kate? Aye. Chris? Aye. Brian? No. And I'm gonna be a no as well, so three to two. Sorry, Mr. Chairman, three to two um, in favor of not? Of not recommending, correct. Okay. Okay. Uh, next one is Lincoln Street. So we've had. Do we, okay, Chris. Sorry. Do we have the report for that or no? No, we haven't done any okay. counts yet. Okay. Um, so Lincoln Street has come to our attention by a few residents over the past many, well, over the over many years. Um, some new residents, some longtime residents. Um, early on, it was more of a, a simple phone call to Kimball's and say, hey, can you please redirect your trucks again? And they do, um, good neighbors. We have other you know, contractor yards in town that we've reached out to and, and talked to them about it. Um, Del Greco was one of them. There's, you know, Zecco. They, they, they're neighborly. Um, since GPS has come on board, it's changed a lot. And you see a lot of different trucks running down Lincoln Street. Um, most recently, people are, are expressing concern when it comes to the schools. Um, obviously, we have the elementary school and the middle school on Lincoln Street. Um, I would recommend if we choose to do traffic counts on Lincoln Street that we also do them on um, both segments of Pleasant. If they can't give us three spots, then Upper Pleasant and Lincoln. Um, and it'll, it's likely that Lower Pleasant will just be rolled into it because what are you going to do? You're going to go up Lower Pleasant and go nowhere. So um, it's worth it to get the numbers, and I'm I'm pretty confident that they would justify um, a truck exclusion. And um, to you know this committee's points, it, to take a little bit of a deeper dive and see if it is a lot of tractor trailers and triaxles. Um, it's pretty clear to tell the difference um, between the triaxle with his wheels down, tractor trailer or landscape trailer. So, but we haven't done the counts yet. I can request them of, of uh, CMRPC and ex would expect to get them in the spring. Was um, that culvert on Lincoln Street, that failed, right? Yes. Was that anything related to the heavy vehicles that we're using or is it? completely different no it was just it was a uh, corrugated a galvanized steel corrugated metal pipe that just completely corroded out along the along the, uh, the the flow line okay i had also oh go ahead rachel oh no i i just had a quick question does do lincoln and pleasant count as two traffic studies or are that part of the one traffic count we would do one study we do two sets of counts but include it in one study okay, okay. So Summer Street was actually two. We did two sets of counts, one on each side of the four-way. I'd be interested too, uh, Chief Liver. Um, do we have, um, I, I know um, we got, uh, Megan, thank you for sending over the, the traffic information from, um, from the police, but I'd be curious what your recommendation would be See given that there's no traffic light on Lincoln coming out onto 20. Um, and I know of at least two accidents in the last year, granted they were motor, you know, they were automobile. Mm -hmm. um, but have we seen or had any issues with, 
you know, tractor trailers or, you know, tr um, a vehicle with, you know, towing a trailer coming out of there and causing any accidents that you can recall? Uh, nothing that's uh, popping up to the forefront. Uh, yeah, I actually looked at it and it, because we've had so many um, inquiries about it, I actually looked at Lincoln and there's not a lot of traffic um or accidents or anything like that so if you look at what i sent you there's mm -hmm. there's not a lot no it's a lot of near misses <laughs> majority of the crashes we don't call them accidents anymore because somebody didn't do something right so um their crashes um are vehicles turning at Crestwood and Lincoln Street and vehicles cutting, uh, people being kind and stopping and letting them cut across and someone's passing them on the right. Well, you know, kindness, kindness kills. Um, yeah. Follow the rules of the road and just go straight. It's not your job to direct traffic. So um, if someone has to wait to turn, let them turn, wait. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's usually rear-end collisions at Lincoln Street on uh, West Main Street, rather heading east that want to turn onto uh, Lincoln, turn left onto Lincoln. Uh, people will go around them and people will turn in front of them to turn down Crestwood. That's the most common crash there. Uh, it would be nice if they could redesign that whole intersection or make it a uh, signalized intersection. But, uh, you know, there's nothing there. I mean, I would, I'm I'm strongly in favor of a truck exclusion myself uh, for Lincoln Street and Pleasant. Just the corner down by Rutland Road on Pleasant Street is not uh, accommodating to, to large trucks at all. And um, again, the two schools, I just, yeah. That was, okay. I guess, one of my questions is, do do we have, I get heavy foot traffic for kids getting to school too? During the summer, uh, the recreation department holds um, programs at Lincoln and Memorial and the kids walk in between them. So the kids will walk from one program outdoors at Lincoln and then go to an indoor program at Melican and back and forth. So you'll see them in the summertime with the uh, camp counselors kind of corralling the kids and push them along the sidewalks. Yeah. When I, my son went to Lincoln street school a while ago, but we lived in the Pine Haven neighborhood and all of the kids walked to school to and from school together every day. And they had to cross over Lincoln to get there. So kind of dependent on the crossing guard getting everyone's attention to stop. But down at Melican, there's no crossing guard because it's middle school, so. Okay. So, um, yeah, I think we, we at least get the traffic study going, unless anyone thinks otherwise. Um, I think it makes sense for, you know, at least from what we what the information we have now that you know it makes sense to add this obviously we you know we've got to get the we've got to gather the data first yeah so brian go ahead sorry real quick um i noticed there's also we talked last time about a jake break restriction i don't know if there's additional data collection requirements for that for that in, or for that street? Uh, no, that's uh, purely under the um, authority of the select board to uh, implement uh, compression brake or engine brake restrictions, uh, uh, prohibitions. The um, We put that on hold pending this, if we don't have 
trucks running out of it. They shouldn't pull be any jake brakes. I'd be surprised if they. I know. I mean, the time the reason I could see them using them there would be that unexpected curve that comes up on Pleasant. Other than that, it's it's a wide open line of sight. The driver has to be to performing pretty irresponsibly to require his compression brake. <laughs> Well, the way they do use them is coming down Lincoln Street from West Main Street by Pinehaven on the corner down on the downhill when you get to the street. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, making okay. the corner on the downhill. Um, right. Do we want to look at potentially doing like a, 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 I know, Scott, in the last meeting you went over speed bump, speed hump, and, and what the differences are. Putting something in front of the school there, if there's a lot of crossing, Lincoln over to the Memorial Church. Oh, like like a like a speed hump. Yeah, like a speed or, hump or, there. Or a speed table. Um, like a raised crossing or something. Yeah, raised crossing. Yeah, we can we could talk about that. There are, I mean, the I have to look at the roadway classification there. I'm guessing that's a probably a collector. A, uh, Pleasant or Lincoln. Lincoln, I'm guessing Lincoln. Is, a, is a collector. Um, it's act, it, on the site. It says it's a local. Oh, it's a local road. Okay. All right. Um, so, and I, I believe it's 30 miles an hour there. So um, it would be a, a, a viable approach. A couple things to think about when it comes to speed humps and speed tables are some of the um, potential impacts that occur. Primarily it's, it's noise. Um, people don't expect them, especially on, you know, a somewhat of a wide, straight road like like Lincoln Street, they'll they'll be hitting their brakes pretty hard, and whatever they have in their vehicles, usually again we're talking about landscape trailers and you know contractor trucks. They're gonna they're gonna shake around a lot. Um, you know, you, I get that all the time here. Oh, I got this this cl clap of thunder or this incredible rattling of my house when trucks hit this manhole cover. Well. You know, they don't expect that to be problematic. The same thing happens when you have a speed humps that are maybe not expected. Um, if a speed hump was to be put or, or a raised crosswalk at the school, there would have to be some pretty substantive warnings and, I don't know, mm -hmm. flashing lights, something to make sure things just don't go haywire right. um, with the noise. I know Westboro removed all theirs. They had a whole bunch between milk street and route 30 um <clears throat> milk street's kind of like that one it's 135 mm -hmm. a lot of people are cutting through that neighborhood behind dairy queen and the um was it a true value over there mm -hmm. um a lot of people come through that neighborhood to get out of the rotary and they put in speed bumps and hump little speed bumps throughout that area and they're all gone they took them all away um they were making a racket and they were problematic when it comes to um roadway maintenance but they were bumps. They were they weren't humps. They were bumps. Yeah. Go ahead, Rachel. Um. So, you know, as part of the agenda, we were talking about the addition of potential addition of some officers. Chief Liver is for the middle school and Lincoln Street. You know, is that? And I know we have a police officer when the high school gets out. Is that something that if we had more officers, we could put a police officer there? And I. I guess, according to Kate, the crossing guard, can that be something? Is that only an elementary school thing? Like, how does how does that work if we do 
we crossing use people guards, instead of speed bumps. Uh, uh, crossing guards, um, yes. That's a conversation to have with the school department. Okay. Uh, that's That falls into their program. As far as additional offices, the reason we're at the high school is we're there for about 10 minutes, and that's to get the 38-some-odd buses out because they have to make pickups, especially at Southboro with the elementary schools, middle schools. So the high school buses have to drop off their students and then circulate around and pick up middle school and then get back on time to get to the elementary school. So, uh, and the majority of those buses, uh, they start their day uh, in the afternoon, particularly uh, with uh, at the high school. So that's the reason we have someone there. And it's, it's an as available uh and you know we have one officer that enjoys doing it and if he's doing nothing he shows up down there all the time that's officer martin mm -hmm. so um that's i i can't commit this 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 you know six public schools in town and i don't have that many offices so if i do it for one school parents are going to expect it at the other um what's more appropriate would be doing traffic enforcement at release times. Um, but then, you know, you got to be careful of what you ask for because people will be getting ticketed for blocking Jefferson Road in front of Park to School because they turn it, they, they make it into one lane. Uh, but, you know, they got to be careful. So, yeah. You know, Maple Street, I, I'm more uh, in favor of uh, speed enforcement in the school zones. Uh, when, the, when the lights are flashing, because that's usually, you know, uh, arrival times and dismissal times. So, it's, but as far as putting an officer out on foot and, and, and doing the crossings, I, I can't commit to that. So I can't just have it one day and then not the rest of the week or vice versa. Got that. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, shall I say, I can't commit to it for the next 14 days. <laughs> <Kind of nice. laughs> yeah. We can have this conversation with uh, Chief Brian Griffin after January 1st. <laughs> Any other members? Uh, just a comment. I think it makes sense to do the counts and depending on what the outcome of the counts are to kind of dive into everything else we've talked about and see if more decisions need to be made, like the Jake break the feed humps, all of those things. If we have the truck exclusion, that might solve a lot of those problems. Yeah. If I might, as far as the Jake break, uh, I mean, we can't call it a Jake break. That's a trade name, so <laughs> a trademark name. Um, uh, compression brakes. That just the fact of putting a sign up, a professional driver sees that, and they realize that the fine is in this town three hundred dollars, I believe. Uh, no, first offense is one hundred, but. Um, the signs themselves, I, I'm aware of other communities that just put them up. And <laughs> they just, uh, if someone complains about it, you can't write a ticket on it, obviously. It has to be on a warrant and the selectmen have to approve it. So, um, But uh, it has it has a calming effect on, on drivers that, uh, you know, drive for a living. They like to have, you know, driving records clean and things like that. So so they do work. They They do you know, cause them to think twice about using the Jake break. And uh, there may be some federal legislation or regulations soon that are going to require them in trucks of a certain weight category. So um, we may not be able to regulate them for into the future. So 
Well, certainly, um, I can certainly request uh, make the re request to CMRPC to get out there and request all three location counts. And if uh, only two are available, Upper Pleasant and Lincoln Street. And um, with the when the weather changes, we'll get those counts. I'll be able to present them to the committee. And um, if they look like they warrant a engineering study, we can uh, we can go forward with that. I think that sounds good. Works for me. Two buses. Are the buses included in those counts? Like, is there some way to decipher what what the buses are? There is. A they are, but we can remove them. Okay, great. I believe, but but the buses fall into two axle long, don't they, Scott? Yes. Yep. Yeah. So we can we can exclude that from um, from the counts. They're they're a separate category, okay. separate classifications. Are. Okay. Um, I guess, unless anyone has any additional comments on that one, we'll move on to the next. Um, speed bump installation on cut-through roadway Winter Street. This is we one of the streets we were just talking about, right? Yeah, we receive requests often for um, speed bumps or speed humps on a variety of roads around town. It, there's really no rhyme or reason on what they're asking for or where it's generally somebody in the neighborhood who sees truck sees vehicles go by too fast and doesn't like the speeding. Um, you know, we get them in Northgate, we get them in Pinehaven. In this case, it's on winter. We got one on Green. Uh, I can't fathom somebody speeding on Green Street anywhere, but apparently somewhere they do. Um, I, I caution arbitrarily placing these. Um, you know. For example, you know, 433 uh, Blake Ave calls in and says it's a lot of vehicles, and the committee says, okay, put one in there. Then out of nowhere, there's just a speed hump that just landed in out of space for no real purpose or reason, um, other than one, one person didn't like the speed of vehicles. Um, people drive faster. The, these roads were designed for, you know, a 1972 Plymouth Fury. And people are driving, you know, 2021 Audis that drive themselves. Um, we could do as much as we can to mitigate the speed, but I think if the committee is going to consider speed humps, um, I think a, a, a significant piece of that consideration should be with what the potential safety impact is of speeders. You know, is there a park there? Is there a school there? Um, is this a frequent pedestrian corridor? You know, we're talking about a downtown revitalization. Does it make sense in the future to have speed humps on Blake or Pierce or, you know, some of those roads that people just want to scoot through to get around? Um, those are the types of considerations. Because what we're talking about here is a, a policy level decision, I think, because once once that once that uh, that 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 box is open, Pandora is going to be coming out. Yeah, no, I'm actually in agreement with you, Scott, I think. And I think, you know going to what we're going to be talking about later, which is, you know, Chief Liver's um, recommendation. I think that goes a lot to, you know, not having to do this, the speed bumps and the speed humps, if we can, you know, enforce the rules that are already there a little bit better. Not saying that, that Chief, that your department doesn't do a good job, but uh, we do. <laughs> you know, help, helping out the department to be able to help with the enforcement, I think makes more sense from a town-wide perspective than one or two speed humps here and there. We have 22 pages we got from the chief showing how hard they do work at uh, 
<laughs> yeah. Enforcement. That's only because one of our report formats does it by month, and I can't make it 12 months. So <laughs> that's the last time you'll get that, because moving forward, you'll get December's for December, and then January at the January meeting. So there we go. Okay. Any other do, comments? Okay, do we at all want to navigate into that? I know we talked about like a temporary um, pilot program of like the deployable ones that kind of have notches in them for drainage and a couple other different pieces. Did we want to consider that or? I'd like to, I mean, just to make a suggestion that, you know, when we, when we started this temporary traffic safety committee, there was a lot of, um, peer outreach. Let's talk to some other communities, see what they've done. We have that list of whatever it was, 50-something comps. Mm -hmm. Maybe reach out to them because I mean, we're all going through the same thing. I live in Grafton. I'm sure Charles the same thing. People speeding around, cutting through, finding ways to avoid, you know, to cut 22 seconds off their half an hour commute. Um, so maybe it's worthwhile to reach out to some peer communities and do you, have you, do you, not, do you like, do you not like what well, where's your where do you stand on it yeah i can provide that spreadsheet i think to the it's got it unless you have it i think i have a copy of it yep, yep i have it and we could you know maybe i can distribute it to you know the, the committee and just you know hey let's make some phone calls or maybe the next meeting we can talk about you know what do you want to ask who does what town and then you know we can do it mm -hmm. that sounds good yeah yeah go ahead rachel I'd love to do that for trucks too. <laughs> yeah. um, well, you know, actually, I, when I, we originally did it, that's what it was for. We were asking about the truck, all the trucks in their town. That's right. Um, yeah, I mean, I it, it just does not seem like that's an issue that's unique to Northborough either. So, if any, if any town has had a better, you know, had some good ideas, I'd love to hear them. All right, I'll, okay. I'll take care of that. I'll send that out and maybe start the thought process so the next meeting we can, uh, you guys, you, you all can deliberate on a uh, on a mechanism for asking some questions and process going forward. Sounds good. Um, the stop sign requests for Thoreau Road at intersection with Emerson. Yeah, we, uh, we discussed this at our last meeting. Um, it does not meet the um, MUTCD warrant for a stop sign. Um, it would require uh, site distance restrictions, uh, which are limitations, which are not there. You would have to have a, meet a certain crash count number um, within the past handful of years. It doesn't meet that either. Um, so we, we can't put up um, stop signs arbitrarily that are not in compliance with MUTCD for a variety of reasons. One, it's wrong, um, but also it's it, it, there may be a, uh, an issue with it being a viable installation. Um, so there are specific warrants for stop signs. I, I, my recommendation is that when requests come in, you know, we can provide, I can provide um, obviously the committee, the request, as well as the criteria and the findings, which were provided last meeting. Um, last meeting, the idea was, well, maybe the committee can look around Northgate and see if there's other ones that other locations that may warrant, um, a stop sign. I know there's some really weird intersections in Northgate, like 
mind-boggling roads. Um, if one comes up and the committee sees something that looks like it may warrant a stop sign, I'm, I'm happy to go out there and look at it and check the site distances and reach out to um, the new chief and uh, find out what the crash history is and see if it, it meets the warrant. That sounds good to me. The road does not, though. Yeah. Yeah, looking at it just looks like dead end with a three-way intersection. So I can't yeah. imagine there's much going on. No. Yeah, like I said, my only concern is that, you know, that it, that it doesn't it, – there's no liability on our side, right, for not having a stop sign. Because if there's no stop sign, you're make you're making the driver have to make the decision as to who's supposed to stop, right? Especially if there's no signage um, stating that you know this road actually continues to the right, even though it looks like it. You could put a a rotary in here. There's enough you know pavement. Yeah, I think we're covered though, and not that we're covered, but. Um by the fact that an engineering study said that it's not viable in this location. Um, so that's just based off the data. Um, and on the flip side of things, someone would have to go through, do this and put um, their engineering stamp on it. So then it becomes their liability versus what the book says. And no, nobody I know is going to probably stamp that. Um, and I think that's kind of where, that would come into play is like, look, we have this engineering study that says it does not meet the criteria here. Um, it would, I, I would, I would um, be on the record as not supporting it. And the select board would have to give me direct um, direction uh, in order for it to be installed. And I would be clear that it's not something that I'm doing. Right. I, there's liability on the other side. You do something that isn't warranted and there's an issue. Well, Why'd you do it? Well, they wanted it. That doesn't that doesn't support your your stamp. Yeah. Kate, were you going to ask a question? Yeah. No, I think my concern would be deviating from what the findings are, and I think that it's, in, especially in in terms of liability to the town, we're following the guidelines that are set by somebody else. We're fine, but. If we decide, and I don't even know if it's possible, we can recommend that there be a stop sign there, even though the guidelines say there shouldn't be, which just for the record, I don't think we should have one there either. But the Board of Selectmen have um, authority to, um, well, to, to authorize installation of stop signs. So every stop sign in town that has been put up legally um, has been approved by, by, the, by the select board. Um, okay. So they have the authority locally, um, but you know, good select boards rely on their experts and professionals for guidance when it comes to technical um, subjects like this. So I would hope that um, you know they would lean in the favor of uh, professional uh, recommendations. That's what I'm going to do too. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and I guess I should have asked this earlier, Scott. So. Like I know for the heavy commercial vehicle exclusions, we voted. Um, do we need to do that for stop signs as well? No, you... only if it only if it warrants um, installation. So in this case, we do a memorandum to record. You know, the okay. request came in, discussed at a meeting, discussion indicated, 
Sight distance not an issue. No history of crashes. Doesn't isn't warranted in accordance with the manual and uniform traffic control devices. Goes in the record. There it is. It's been done. In the event we went out there and said, "Oh, there's been three crashes in the past two years. There's a limited sight distance to the east." We, you know, it's my recommendation that a stop sign be authorized. In that case, I would suggest this committee take action so that the select board can see that you support it, your professionals support it, the staff supports it. So it's the right thing to do. Okay. So I'll ask the members, are there any members that think we should support or recommend this? Okay. I think we're good. Um, let's see, new items. So we have a request for a heavy commercial vehicle exclusion for Brigham Street. Yep, resident contacted us said um, they're concerned with uh, an increase in truck traffic. They didn't indicate whether it was um, tractor trailers or just simple trucks, um, you know, service service vehicles and the like, um, and requested us to consider a truck exclusion. Um, when you look at Brigham Street, the alternate route is about as simple as you can get. It's, it's 20 and 135. So you're going one way, keep going. You're going the other way, keep going. Um, I don't, I don't know if there's a lot of truck traffic on that road without doing counts. I have no idea. I would hate to drive. I mean, I, I drive a truck and trailer often. I don't, I avoid that road. That's a nightmare to go on with a trailer, especially with oncoming traffic. Right. Um, that is really tight. So it probably warrants a, a, a count. I don't believe it elevates itself to the um, substantial safety concern that Lincoln and Pleasant would have, nor the obvious um alternate route being more appropriate, meaning, you know, Lincoln Street is obviously a GPS cut through. I don't know if Brigham Street is, um, but it, it would be something to consider for, you know, future accounts when they become available, possibly. Yeah. Uh, Rachel first and then Brian. Um, so, Scott, it seems like, you know, a lot of these items are a backlog. Do you have, you know, heavy commercial vehicle exclusion requests on other roads that will be at future meetings. I mean, how, how many have you been asked about when, you know, when we have to decide on air two or three? I've presented every one that I've received since the creation of the temporary traffic safety committee. So okay. Yep. Okay. And we know there's, there's, there's been some that, you know, they still, I still get them about Barlow street and I just send them the stuff we've done before. Here's the reason why it doesn't work. Uh, I received them for, um, uh, chief off of Crawford uh, by the Weir Trucking. Oh, West Street? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Reservoir. Yeah, Reservoir. I receive them from Reservoir Street every now and then. I give them the same answer. We've, we've gone through the analysis. We've gone through the um, correspondence. Um, those I don't bring to you, but new ones that you have them all. Okay. Thank you. Yep. Uh, Brian. Isn't this going to run into the same problem as Summer Street? I suppose that we do the study and it's going to come and it comes back and, oh, look at that. There's enough, you know, there's enough truck traffic where an exclusion is warranted. Well, the trucks are still going to have that same problem with, with 20 and uh, South Street, right? That that intersection right downtown, if that's the if that's the recommended. Alternate route, right, they're still going to that building is still in the way. Right. They can take Summer Street. 
what they do. I, I, I hate to spit state yeah, the obvious, you're... but right. Yep. You're right. I don't know if GPS sends you that way. I, I, I've never used it. Maybe worthwhile to, before the next, no, um, bring yeah, Brigham, bring next, Oh yeah. Next, right. next time we're buzzing around town, you're coming into town from Westboro, throw in your GPS and, you know, give the police station your destination and see if it sends you a Brigham. If it doesn't, then it's it's likely not a cut through road. It's just a lot of service vehicles because it's a long road that serves a couple community, a couple neighborhoods. You know, yeah. I'm coming. If, oh, sorry, you go, I was Brian. Just say, as someone who moved here not that long ago, um, I was coming. I put on the GPS once or twice to go from um, the Apex Center in, in Marlboro down 20, coming west back towards my house on the you know western side of town and it sent me down summer and it i this is the first time i've heard of brigham so okay if, if it's not on the yeah, GPS I, route it's probably just you know service vehicles mm-hmm. yeah i can't imagine it doesn't look like a very comfortable road google maps the first i i dropped myself at sunset drive it, it looks like you driving down there scott and then in one of the dpw trucks <laughs> <laughs> great <laughs> that's exempt But I think this brings up a point, you know, Scott, you mentioned about, you know, the fact that we only have like two a year to do of these. So maybe we keep, we hang on to these requests, right? And keep, keep, you know, even though, you know, we may end up that, you know, the halfway through the year, oh, we've only done one, you know, traffic study. We've got another one that we can do, right? And then we can look through items like Brigham and say, you know, oh, you know, we never really followed up on that one. Yeah, yeah, we we can certainly certainly do that. What I'll do is, so we we manage here. Every meeting has a separate file, and when things don't get done in one, it gets pushed to the next one. It doesn't have to be on old business for discussion. It's it just keeps on being pushed forward, forward, forward until some. I mean, some things are seasonal, and it just goes from one autumn to the next autumn. So that's that's manageable for us bill okay so the two per year that's not to do the counts for the traffic right or is that is that the what we're limited to two that's the counts yeah so what happens is the counts get done you can get a couple locations in the spring and a couple in the fall um, after the counts are done it's about ten thousand dollars for an engineering study um, for each one of the locations um, which are the studies you saw for summer and for rice, um, and then the decisions are made. The engineering study is not required. If we get the counts, like I indicated, and it shows, you know, there's no there's no tractor trailers. It's all service vehicles. Um, then you know we don't have to step forward with a with a uh, engineering study if if you don't want to. Okay. Any other comments on this one? Okay. Um, center line, center, yeah, center line installation on Crawford Street. So, um, received a request from a resident that I'm digging around for right now. Uh, here it is. Uh, received a request from a resident for a center line, double yellow center line on Crawford Street. Um, again, this falls under the jurisdiction of the MUTCD, the Manual Uniform Traffic Control Devices, and Mass DOT's amendment to it. Um, in order to have a WL centerline warranted on a road, it's uh, driven by both width 
and uh, amount of traffic um, and, the, and the classification of the road. So for example, if you have um, an arterial road, you have to have over 6,000 vehicles a day and adequate pavement width, double yellow. Um, in this case, it's a, um, it's a local road. You have to have over 3,000 vehicles per day, inadequate width. Um, to put that in perspective, the traffic studies we just did, the counts we did, Rice Ave saw on average under 300 a day. Summer Street saw about 2,300. I don't believe there's any way Crawford Street is going to exceed Summer Street's daily traffic by 20%. I just, or 25%. I don't see it happening. Um, so in accordance with the manuals, it's the double yellow sunline is not warranted on Crawford. I know the reason why the resident wants it. It's very narrow, steep slopes, close guardrail. You know, it's tight. It's absolutely tight. Um, double yellow center is not going to change the, the, the cross-section of the road. And it's not warranted in, in, uh, by the courts of the manuals. What about the width? I don't, it probably wouldn't qualify. Yeah, believe it or not, you only need 18 feet. That's two pocket spaces. Bill, you're, you're on the plane. Well, two pocket spaces. you yeah. imagine driving by each other, two pocket spaces at 30 miles an hour? Kind of what you are right. doing, but people are just going to drive on the center line. Yeah, right. Like the the end of Davis Street, the other end of it, when you're coming in from Westboro, yep. everybody just drives on the line. Yep. So it's not gonna. It's not like having a guardrail or a, you know, divider. Right. Yep. It's it's more helpful when you have um, um, geometry concerns. A lot of traffic, dark road, curves that are you know not lit. You put a yellow WL center line, people see the curve coming up as opposed to it's creeping up on them in, in bad weather. Um, but right. that that's Profit Street doesn't meet the meet the warrant when it comes to the traffic loading. I just avoid that road in the sun <laughs> because it really is hard to drive on it. But yeah. it's the you know that easiest way to get to 290. Yeah. Go ahead, Brian. Sorry, just curious the entire width of Crawford Street all the way up to some of like the winter one was between some subset of the road. Or, this was just a general request on Crawford. My, yeah, my guess is it's in the West Main to, you know, that section, West Main, West Main before West Street, um, you know, West Main, maybe Franklin or something like that. That's the tight area. When you get to the other end, it's not that bad. Okay. Thank you. Yep. Okay. So I don't think there's the general feeling that, you know, this is not something we'll bring forward as well. Is there anyone that thinks otherwise? Okay. Um, the last of the new items is sort of <laughs> going to bring us to, I think, the next item as well, the excessive speed on Green Street. Um, and this sort of brings us to, you know, Chief Liver's request. Um, oh. I think the um, the idea of the two additional officers, I think, is is a wonderful idea. Um, I think it makes sense for a lot of the requests we're seeing in town. Um, maybe not necessarily, you know, we seem to be getting a lot of heavy commercial vehicle, um, but a lot of the things I see, 
you know, in, in on the Facebook pages and everything else is about, you know, people speeding, people cutting through and so on. Um, I know it's funny because when my kid found out that I was going to be on the traffic safety, the first thing they asked was, can you do something about the cars going by the school buses when the lights are on? Yeah. Right. And so, you know, um, I was like, wait, what, where is that happening? And I guess, yeah. Um, so, um, so that being said, um, I guess we will need a vote for this, but I sort of want to get everyone's idea. Um, is everyone um, oh, on board with this? Is there anyone that has additional questions for Chief Laver? Go ahead, Brian. Sorry, are we still talking about the Green Street thing? Well, I think it, it, this goes along with the Green Street, right? So, you know, the question is, can speed be monitored, right? And so adding additional officers to do traffic enforcement um, would sort of help to um, enforce the rules, if you were, right? Hey, Bill, how many of those um, battery operated uh, vehicle activated speed notification signs do we have? Seven. You know? Two radar trailers and seven portable signs. Okay. And right. several of those portable signs have the ability to go on uh, stealth mode, they call it, <laughs> where it counts the vehicles and gives the speed counts um, without displaying the speed. So you can put it out there for a week. When we get complaints about speeding cars, we will put one of those signs out there and people call and say the battery's dead because it's not working. That's because we've got it set to not display the speed, but count it. And that uh, our traffic supervisor has a app on his phone that you can download the counts um, and the speeds. And we can see what time of day uh, the, uh, oh. the the what speeds that cars are going at, and basically at what what points of the, during the day. It doesn't count axles or anything like that. It's not a certified <clears throat> traffic count, but it does measure car speeds uh, in both directions. And then so we we have an idea of when and where we can place our resources to do traffic enforcement, which is what I would that uh, was part of my uh suggestion is that we're putting on two officers um uh, specifically for traffic enforcement um just that would be their focus of their shift right. and we would have again we have a selective traffic enforcement program where we target areas based on complaints uh traffic data and predominantly accidents uh, with the theory being that if you write more citations than you have accidents, you're going to reduce accidents. So, uh, and that's a long-standing program that a lot of departments use. So that's that's the impetus for that suggestion. So yes, we can monitor speed versus doing traffic enforcement. I mean, you can consider that the same. We hold a radar gun, you get to see what speeds are going, but then you're going to have to stop, get out of the car, and do something with it. Right. So you can collect data quietly. Unfortunately, your secret is no longer secret, Chief. Ah, uh, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's uh, is people you think are listening to the meeting. <laughs> oh, it's but, not going to be on YouTube, though. Well, Anyone can listen to it afterwards. <laughs> uh, so, Brian, all someone's got to do is go online to the company, <laughs> plastered on it, and uh, look up the specs on it, and it'll tell you what they do. So, 
<laughs> I, I can tell you, I always thought that it was never working when it, you know, when I didn't see a, a, yeah. a number come up. So um, sometimes you see a little blue light on it. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. <laughs> so, Brian, are you okay with, with combining these two or did you want to talk about Green Street separately? Um, well, only to like clear the uh, speed bump portion of it. Should we okay. get that out of the way? Yeah, the same, yeah. the same, right? Yeah, but uh, approach applies, you know, an arbitrary placement. This is a, a policy decision, and and maybe in the meantime, when these reports come in, um, to about, about speeding, I can get them over to um, PD, and PD can determine if it's a repeat issue. The stealth machine comes out. <laughs> I mean, I would, I would have just said like just the memorandum of doom or whatever it was called from before. Mm -hmm. uh, um, just to say it doesn't meet the requirements, just the memorandum to record that we responded to it. Okay. Yeah. Agreed. Yep. I will say, you know, one of the things I did notice is in Sudbury, um, almost every side street coming off of route 27. Um, once you get between routes, what is it? Um, before, um, route 20 um, and then up towards the center of town, it seems like every side street, they have speed bumps on every one of those side streets coming off of there. I can so. reach out to my peer over there. Find out when, why, how, if yeah. it's working. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know it works for my wife because yeah. <laughs> it slows her down definitely, and they've got them like almost every mile, like one a mile, okay. going along those side streets because the, because exactly what you said, Scott. There, you know, the GPS sends people that way. Yep. Once, and they hit ten speed bumps. They never right. go that way again. They, my wife never goes those streets again. Yep. You know, so. So I guess back to the to the two officers. Um, does anyone have any additional comments, or are we ready to vote? Do we think on this? You know, I would be interested to hear what our, our peer communities are doing about this. Just like with the trucks, I'm sure we're not the only community where everybody drives, where people are complaining on the Facebook page that everybody's driving too fast next to it. Right. Well, a lot but, of them do have dedicated traffic safety officers. That might be a but Brian, that, that's a great idea. When we put together the, the sort of, I don't want to say survey, but handful of questions for our peer communities, mm -hmm. do you have dedicated traffic safety, traffic safety PD? I just want to make sure that we're not overlooking something simple and additional that we can do to, to slow traffic. That'll You can get the legislature to approve... Um, uh, camera radar cameras and and automatic yeah. citations and that'll actually make a difference well it's funny because one of the things that i saw was the um i don't know if you saw but the video that came out of peabody um they put videos on school buses and had them drive around for a month and captured every license plate of every person that drove by a school bus with a red light on um, unfortunately, they can't do anything about it, 
other than put them up on YouTube and, you know, but, you know, the ability to be able to send, send that person a ticket. If you can verify they were the driver, if the photo shows the driver, you can. That's like, it's a little bit more of a hurdle to pass, but it's not impossible. At least it can generate a phone call to the operator. Or to the owner of the vehicle. As you say, if it's on YouTube, everybody watches it. (laughs) Yep. Certainly something to ask when we reach out to our peer communities, you know, do you have dedicated traffic enforcement officers? And it'll probably bolster the the weight of, uh, uh, you know, the, the decisions here in this committee when it, when it gets considered by the select board and they see that 75% of their peers do. Right. Um, although I, I would like to at least vote on sending the memo you know, I, I I think it's still good for this town, even if other towns are or aren't doing it. Um, I think it makes sense here for what we're trying to do. Yep. I, I would just only say that um, our budgets are due. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the other reason why I wanted to make the vote make the vote now, right? So uh, that we can get that I, I mean, in front of the select board. Uh, yes. Yeah, Brian's budget is due pretty soon, Bill. <laughs> What's that? Brian's budget is due pretty soon. Oh no, it's actually due this month, but uh, we're working on it together because it's his first one and he's going to inherit it. So, yeah. yeah. So, do I have a motion to approve creating a memo to the select board in recommendation of Chief Livers um, to traffic enforcement officers? I'll make the motion. Okay. Is there a second? Second. Okay. Uh, all those in favor? Rachel? Aye. Kate? Aye. Chris? Aye. Brian? No. And I'm an aye. Well, appreciate the support. Thank you, Chief. It's a great idea. Rachel? Um, just a question. So we what's the timing because this has to be voted on at town meeting correct so we submit budgets and then it becomes it goes to the select board and then it goes to town meeting the budget doesn't go to the select board oh okay okay but it goes to uh it goes to the committee's appropriations appropriations and the, the warrant goes to the select okay. board to approve okay so there is time the warrant i don't believe gets approved until march march yeah the middle of march okay. i think yeah. So we'll get we'll get the memo. Uh, Chief and I'll get the memo prepared relatively quickly. We'll get it to the town administrator's office, and um, he'll um, get it in front of the board, and you know, we'll uh, we'll go through the process. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Uh, next item on the agenda is the traffic safety webpage. I believe we got uh, your uh, the prior comments addressed. Um, yep. Kind of married the traffic safety committee page with the traffic safety page, um, linked them back and forth, got the mission statements on there. So I think they, often the committee pages direct residents to staff pages or research pages or data pages and things. And that's the model we took um, with this committee. Yep. No, I, th- I think it looks good. Um, I don't know if anyone else has had a chance to take a look at it. Um, 
It is in yep. the email that came from Megan, yeah. um, both links. I'm almost wondering if we need to add like that third paragraph about the, well, but you've got all the data here, right? So that's sort of the point. Because you can look up all the prior requests. Yep. Go ahead, Rachel. Mm -hmm. Um, were you able to um, have people who submit get a copy of their submission so they have a record of what they submitted? Do you know yes. if that was? Oh, good. Yes. Okay, yep. great. Yeah, we beta, we beta tested that. I was um, uh, a resident Gmail accounter and I uh, was able to get it back. Oh, that's great. And then Thank PD, you. Also, uh, PD also has a, uh, an email process and that worked there as well. Oh, that's great. Thank you. Any other comments on that? Is there any other ideas or things we think we need to add? It's interesting when we um, Scott mentioned the the spreadsheet that we went through. We went through and looked at you know other websites of other towns. Some of them got real fancy real fast. <laughs> I don't think that's something we want to do, but. Um, you know, take a look at some of their web pages as well. We put, I think we put all the links in there um, and see if there are any ideas that, you know, we may get from how they set up their pages. Some of them have been around for a couple of years. Some of them are fairly new. You'll, you'll see um, a lot of the communities you look at will have a very similar looking web page with Civic Plus as the host. Um, we're on an older platform of Civic Plus, which is going to be migrated to a newer platform in the coming year or so. That gives us a lot more functionality, um, both for accessibility purposes, as well as, you know, links and um, easy, what do they call those little widget things? I guess those are set something, right? Yeah. So anyway, some tech guys know what I'm talking about. So anyway, we're going to be getting improvements soon. Okay. Um. At this point, we would open it up for public comment, but when I look in the participants, I don't see anyone in the public on our attendees list, um, just panelists. So, um, but again, you know, going forward, if anyone is watching this on YouTube and you would like to make comments, you know, this is the point in the meeting where we would normally accept those. So moving on from that, our next meeting is going to be, um, let me see if I can pull up my calendar here. The January 9th on the invite. The January 9th, okay. Yep. Yep. So January 9th at 6.30, does that work for everyone? Nope. Yes. What about you, Bill? <laughs> <laughs> You're still welcome to join us as a you know, public participant, but... I'll be wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Maybe. <laughs> well, hopefully you enjoy your retirement. It's well-deserved, well-earned. That's been a pleasure. And I'm really happy to see that this uh, committee came to fruition. Yeah. Unfortunately, we only got to work with you for a few months, but, you know, yep. you were. Uh, will be uh, a pleasure to work with. So. Yes. Yes, he will. He is. Uh, it has a nice ring to it. I like saying it because it means <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long time. Okay, with that, uh, I will entertain a motion to adjourn. So moved, Mr. Chair.
Uh, is there a second? Second. Okay, all those in favor, Rachel. Aye. Kate. Aye. Chris. Aye. Brian. Aye. And I'm an aye. Thank you, everyone. Have a good night. Have a happy Thank holiday. You. And Thank see you. everyone Thank in the new you. year. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, best of luck, Chief, in your retirement. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.